This is part one, you can be right or effective of the five part series, reveal my partner's hidden needs to access the other segments. Please look to the notes and links below. This was originally aired as a zoom session. So you can also find links to watch the original zoom session. This is Elisa Goodwin-Snell. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you will join me at the lastingloveacademy.com. In 1960, 59% of all 30-year-olds were married and 72% of all adults were married. In 2010, only 20% of 30-year-olds were married. That means we've experienced just in that 50-year period a nearly 40% decrease in the number of 30-year-olds who are married. And from 1960 to 2015, only 51% of adults were married. So we experienced a nearly 20% drop in all adults being married. So that would be people who are widowed, divorced, never married, 20% drop in marriage rates. I spent 17 years as a marriage and family therapist. So I have that background education and experience as a marriage and family therapist. But what drew me into doing what I do is my love and passion for lasting love and trying to help people to achieve lasting love is really the goal. And And it was really a passion of mine to help singles and to help them to understand what's holding them back and how to put good concepts into a really practical, behaviorally specific, what do you do process. The sad reality is we become a world of disconnection. So you guys have joined me today out of a desire to create lasting love. You've joined me today to understand what does sustain lasting love. And we have become a world of disconnection. There is lots and lots of need for these concepts and principles and for dating coaches, relationship coaches, marriage counseling, because people still care about relationships, but they have far less hope and confidence in relationships, unfortunately, as a result of the climate of our our new culture and life, we become a world of disconnection. So we're going to be talking today about Tim and Tara. Um, This is a current client that I'm working with, and it's really been my pleasure and privilege to work with them. Tim and Tara, when they began working with me, they were in a lot of conflict. So Tim was losing weight. He wasn't sleeping. It was affecting his work. He is a divorced father of two kids, and he was dating Tara. He had more of an anxious attachment pattern. And given his previous relationship history, he had a lot of attachment injuries. He suffered from anxiety um, and he had just had some real painful experiences from his previous marriage, from betrayal to rejection. And he was very much that perfectionistic guy who felt like he needed to do all the work in the relationship. And if he didn't do it, no one else would, unfortunately, is how he felt about things. So after his divorce, he fell in love with Tara, who was a 42-year-old mother of two girls. She had trust issues from her previous um, relationship. There had also been infidelity issues in that marriage as well from her partner, was unfaithful. She loved Tim, but her conflict style was much more volatile than Tim's conflict style. His conflict style was more conflict avoidant and validating. And it really triggered him into a lot of an, of anxious anxiety and turmoil in their relationship and the way that she would handle conflict. And they really felt like the only solution was to break up. They felt like they were failing. It didn't matter how much they loved each other. They felt like they were failing. Now, I want you to be able to 
apply this to yourself because the reality is that many of you are experiencing some of these same challenges. You want to succeed. You care tremendously about your relationships, but it's really easy to get into an all or nothing thinking and you don't know what to do. And we become very fear-based in our relationships. And unfortunately, as a result of that, we can get stuck in a dynamic where we give up and we just feel like another person, a better person would be the answer, even though it causes us so much pain to even think of that. Tim and Tara were not being effective at being available, responsive, and emotionally engaged. Instead, they would withdraw. They would disengage. They would have conflict. They would talk to other people. They weren't solving problems together. They were in a lot of turmoil. Now, Tara was also anxious in her attachment style, but she was the first person to pull back withdraw and disengage because that's what made her feel a sense of control. She had a lot of issues with feeling powerless and having her voice silenced. And the best way she could get control was by withdrawing, disengaging, and removing herself. And so the silent treatment, her avoidant behavior and becoming more withdrawn and disconnecting was her coping strategy for helping her to, to, to calm down and to feel a sense of power and control. It was not working for her. She was miserable. She did not like what was happening to her, but nonetheless, that is how she coped. And it was killing Tim. That's why he was he was losing weight. He wasn't sleeping. He was being ineffective at work. And he began to feel like the only solution was to break up with her. There was no way for him to emotionally survive and stay in this relationship, no matter how much he loved her. Now, many of you who are watching this are experiencing some of the same things. Now, you may be hoping to get into a relationship, you're, you're connecting with this because you want to know how to, to get into a secure relationship and have a secure attachment. That may be your primary goal and desire, but unfortunately, you may not be going smoothly. You may not be in a relationship yet. You want to have faith and hope in a relationship, or you may be in turmoil. So it's important that you understand attachment because we're going to be talking about attachment and this attachment model. And the lasting love model is an attachment model. We're going to be talking about attachment and the lasting love model as we go along. And you need to understand how this is a swinging experience. We swing from anxious, we swing to, to avoidant. No one really stays 100% on anxious and 100% on avoidant. But the problem is that if you don't know what a secure attachment feels like, you could start to become secure in your relationship and then swing very avoidant because you're used to the drama and intensity of an insecure attachment. And you feel more deeply attached when you have that painful experience of loving someone and you want to hear from them. And as soon as you hear from them, then you feel reassured. You may have that insecure attachment that only comes when you feel an anxious attachment. And when you feel secure, you get bored. And it's really important that you understand the difference between a secure attachment and an anxious and avoidant attachment because we want you to be able to stay in a secure attachment and not be turned off by a secure attachment and then avoid relationships that are otherwise good. So the problem isn't the problem, it's how you handle the problem and how they handle the problem. We want to go away from this fear-based model of worrying about problems to a resilient model where we see ourselves as being successful, as thriving, as knowing how to solve problems and we solve problems together. This is what we wanted to, I wanted to do with Tim and Tara. And it took time. This isn't something that immediately resolved itself, but if they believed in the 
the model, the model gave them hope. And knowing that there was an overarching philosophy that they were trying to follow uh, gave them the ability to stay emotionally engaged in turmoil. So um, we want to create for you your lasting love plan. This is a process and I can't reveal everything to you in this plan, right? There's just no way. So that's part of the reason why you're going to learn more about how to get involved in the Lasting Love Academy and why there is also a coupon code at the end of this presentation that will help you to get a 20% discount for participating today. So please stay tuned for that at the end, but you're going to want to know more. You're going to want to know how to create your own lasting love model and your own lasting love plan, no matter whether it's with your children, with a mother or father, family member, people at work? Is there a way that you can take these concepts and create a more secure attachment and resilient focus so you're not so afraid, you're not so anxious, you're not so withdrawn and disconnected, you can stay emotionally engaged and you're not afraid of attachment? One of the most important concepts right from the start is you can be right or you can be effective. If you are focused on being right, unfortunately, there are many consequences that are attached to that. It's very natural, very normal to be aware of this wanting to be right. It's so normal and natural to want to be right. And yet it does come with consequences. So let's talk about what being right includes. First off, you are right to want to be right because it's tied to how you think things should be, how you want them to be, how you need them to be. It's very much tied to this deep longing and desire of the best way you know how to solve this. But the challenge is what you're doing working. Is it working? Is your belief and your assumptions and how you think things should go and be, is that getting you results? This is an experience that I had early, right before I married my husband. And it really was a powerful experience before I married him because it humbled me, but it was a spiritual experience where I really believed I was right on a certain principle. I had lots of reasons why I believed I was right. And I, I just had a moment of clarity as I was praying, and I won't go into all the details because this doesn't feel like the right form for that. But as I was praying, I just got this moment of clarity that yes, I was right. And that was not the point. And for somebody who had already been a marriage and family therapist for years, when I had this experience, it was really um, eye-opening for me to realize maybe there was another point. And for me, coming from a spiritual perspective, that was probably the best way to break through my belief that I was right. Because sometimes we can really lock ourselves into the idea that if we're right, then we're justified. If we're right, then we're entitled. If we're right, then I'm a victim. If you don't see it my way, you're wrong. I'm right. And it probably did need to come from a source that I trusted in a way that took away that sense of right and wrong for me. And it helped me to refocus on, well, if I'm not right, what is the point, right? So the message was, yes, you are right. And that is not the point. When we are focused on being right, we forget whether or not we're effective. And that's really the goal. We get more depressed. We get more anxious. We feel a whole lot more fear. We feel a lot more powerlessness, hopelessness, despair, anger. We feel really angry when we are right and someone else is wrong. And I do not want to parallel this with abuse or addictions or people who are being unfaithful or dishonest. Like there, there does need to be some basic parameters where yes, there are right and wrong behaviors, but your feelings and your needs are not wrong. Our actions can be right or wrong, but it's really important that we expand our view in believing that, that, 
there may be a more effective way to do things and our perspective may be very limited. And when we are in a powerless position, when we feel entitled, angry, when we feel like we're being victimized, that is a sign that we probably are putting ourselves in a position where we are closing ourselves off to more options. We need to see the world in a perspective that's more accurate. And it is what it is. There's a lot more that we don't know. So also another part of being right is we can have that need for punishment. Um, We want the person to be punished. We want justice. And um, it's really difficult to give mercy when we feel like we are right. Now, in the Be Effective box, we stay focused on what we want to be effective at. So you really need to ask yourself this question. You're in conflict with someone or you're trying to date and dating isn't going the way you want it to. And you're really angry and frustrated about the fact that the opposite sex is not playing their role the way you think they should. They're not responding. They're rejecting. They're not making choices or engaging. They're not participating. This could be your children. It could be your boss. It could be a lot of people that you really feel angry and frustrated with that they're not playing their role and participating appropriately and effectively um, or the way you think they should. But the reality is if you ask yourself the question, well, what do I really want, right? What is, what is really the goal? What do I want to be effective at? It makes it a lot easier to do what needs to be done to achieve your outcome. One of the things that I see with singles and with couples is that they bounce all over the place in what they want to focus on. It's, it's, natural, it's normal, but it's, it makes my job a lot harder. And I have to be able to say to them, we need to prioritize your most important goals and make sure that the things that we're focusing on from week to week is not detracting or removing us from the bigger, more important goal. Because if, if we're not staying focused, you're going to be more, I refer to it as dating ADD. You're going to be all over the place. If you're not being focused, you're going to focus on every little flaw and weakness that your partner has instead of being focused on the bigger goal, which is attachment and creating a secure attachment and loving and belonging. And as we talk today, that is my hope is that you will really see the value and benefit of an attachment model over these other ideas that we have relative to relationships. And so that's why you can be right or you can be effective is the first thing you need to consider in deciding if this is going to work for you, because we often get stuck on this being right. And is there a better way? So if you stay focused on what you you want, you can be more effective at it. It's very important that you remember it is what it is. The world does not operate the way we want. It doesn't operate the way we need. And let's just use the very emotional position of somebody who's a child abuse victim, a spousal abuse victim. We may feel that the world should help these people, mental health issues, that, that the world, there should be more services, there should be more people to help these people who have been victimized. In the end, it truly is the victim who pulls themselves out of their victim uh, situation, their victim thinking. They're the ones who have to grab the power that's around them. Systems often fail. Legal systems fail. Even the process of trying to get justice oftentimes means more victimization for the victim. That is the world of it is what it is. So what's the goal? Is the goal to punish your perpetrator or is the goal to thrive? is the goal to live and laugh and love and to have power in your life. If that's the goal, then a whole lot of other options open up that can empower you in being effective. 
This is Elisa Goodwin Snell with Reveal My Partner's Hidden Needs, Part 1. You can be right or you can be effective. Please tune in to Part 2 of Reveal My Partner's Hidden Needs, Grieving Leads to Acceptance and Success. You can also learn more at LastingLoveAcademy.com, where you can access hundreds of audios, articles, and videos to help you to achieve lasting love in your dating and relationships. For as little as $27 a month, it just depends upon the results that you want to get. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review these podcasts. And if you visit us at LastingLoveAcademy.com, you can join our email list for special discounts, offers, and free content and updates about when you can access the next podcast.